was expecting the jingle to start. Why did the jingle not start us? I'll, I'll play it manually. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. So for regular listeners, you'll think that's quite funny as it's been uh, shows where I've not had guests arrive and now I don't even have a jingle. <laughs> so welcome to show 251 of Engage for Success Radio entitled Remote Working Travel and Its Effect on Employee Satisfaction. We're going to be talking today about the advantages of remote travel uh, working and its effect on employee satisfaction, the advantages for the employer, and some. Uh, we'll touch on some good tips and tricks for enhancing productivity whilst working remotely and how it's even possible to do that in today's uh, day and uh, or time and age or whatever. I can't think what the phrase is. I'm a bit thrown now. Now my uh, jingle didn't work. So I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working with the Engage for Success movement leading on digital. The Engage for Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice. And we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website, which is engageforsuccess.org, you can use the link at the top of the page to join our newsletter list. And if you tweet, please share your thoughts using our hashtag #hash_e4s. that's with the number four. And come and join in our LinkedIn group. If you just go to LinkedIn and do a search for Engage for Success, then you should find us there. And all the social media links are on the uh, website at the, the bottom of the homepage. So I'm um, really pleased to be back. I haven't been here for a few weeks, and uh, I'm hoping my guest is here because we have been speaking before it starts. So let's, let's, let's go for it and see if my guest, Mike Jones Jr. from TAP International, is there. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Oh, it's always a relief <laughs> when that person <laughs> arrives, even even if we didn't have the jingle. Still not sure what, what went on there. So lovely to have you on the show. Please start by telling us um, a bit about yourself and, and about TAP International. Uh, sure. So I am a former corporate attorney in Boston, and while working in this profession, one that people kind of quintessentially think is something you need to be in the office for, we noticed that uh, you don't really have to be physically present in an era of telephonic and computer-based work. So we started TAP International, which is an international talent development travel program uh, for people who are capable of working remotely. So that I know sounds like quite a, quite a mouthful, so I'll kind of explain what we do and who we are. So TAP is a travel program, essentially, with a heavy focus on professional development. So the travel aspect of it is we provide accommodation, we provide co-working space so you can keep working effectively. We provide a suite of different social events and social activities. So we've partnered with some of the best restaurants, nightclubs, and bars in each of the places that we go. Currently, we go to Paris, Cape Town, and Bangkok. Um, so our participants get that real kind of genuine VIP experience. And then what really sets us apart from other travel programs is our heavy focus on professional development and international networking. So what that means is we work with various organizations. We fly in CEOs. It could be the CEO of a hedge fund in Switzerland, the head of a marketing firm in Asia. It could be um, politicians or different embassies. For example, the U.S. Embassy in Paris hosts us for different briefings where you get to meet the ambassador. You get to talk to various heads of the different departments and kind of get a real insider scoop on where they think uh, the geopolitical landscape is going, what, how it's going to affect business, how it can affect 
um, your particular industry, and then we break out into small sessions with each of our speakers so that our participants get to know them and really get to establish real real relationships as they as they travel with us. And then we also combine that mm -hmm. with a host of leadership and cultural training and then career coaches who really help our participants kind of define their goals and really how they can best achieve them. Wow, it sounds like very exciting and uh, quite a different um, program. So where did it come from? You said that um, you're an attorney and, you know, that's where people sort of expect that people generally need to be in the office, clearly you decided that wasn't necessarily the case. What, what was that sure. uh, that sort of route for you? Well, it was. it's actually interesting. So I was working on December 24th, Christmas Eve, on a billion-dollar merger, which is like the, the peak of the peak for an early-stage corporate attorney. It's, wow, I'm working on this great transaction, and obviously I've flown home uh, to be with the family for Christmas morning. And I noticed that on Christmas Eve, during the evening, we have the whole family over. Everyone's downstairs drinking eggnog, having fun, um, being merry. And I was seated in my childhood room on my computer, on my phone. I was getting the same emails, the same texts, the same calls, dialing to the same conference calls, and doing the same work that I was when I was in the office. And I noticed there was really no difference between me being at home with my family for the holidays and being in the office. Because in today's day and age, people mm. rarely, well, not rarely, but it's less frequent that people will walk down the hall to talk to you about a problem, rather they just ping you or email you. And both myself and my yeah. co-founder, who used to work in a hedge fund in Switzerland, noticed that if you could do it from home, you can really do it from anywhere. And we had been fortunate enough to work across various continents. We worked in Europe. We worked in Asia. We worked in the Americas. And we just knew that there was so much to the world out there. And you combine that kind of wanderlust that the millennial population seems to have. You look at the proliferation of all these travel blogs and blogs and just how much people are traveling, even just the, the blunt travel trends. We know that people are out there and they want to kind of experience what the world has to offer. So we said, how can we make it more valuable than just a travel program? Well, if you could expand your network and develop a new skill set and really continue working effectively for your employer as you travel, that's something that we know we would enjoy. And then we turned to our friends and peers. We tested it with them. They said they would love it. And then we wound up taking it to the to the market, and response has been quite positive so far. Mm -hmm. So talk about what the benefit is to the participants. I mean, obviously you've filled in a few things already, which sounds like, you know, you know, the enjoyable travel and the lovely restaurants and all that sort of thing. But from sure. a sort of professional development point of view, what what are the benefits for the participants? Sure. So in each of the places we go, we start first with kind of a cultural immersion, right? So it could be from a business perspective, something as simple as the exchange of business cards in many Asian business cultures are quite different than they are in Western business cultures. So in the West, in America, kind of meet someone, have a chat when the chat's about to end or depending on your style, wherever in the conversation, you just kind of exchange business cards, have a quick look at it, stick it in your pocket, send them an email follow-up. Whereas first day I was working in Asia as a consultant, I was working for a prominent CEO over there. And I walked in, met him, like did the normal exchange of business cards, but he said lesson one. Over here, when you exchange business cards, you do it with two hands, 
you have a slight bow as you accept it. You actually look at it, appreciate the business card, and then depending on the setting, you might set it on the table in the order in which people are seated in front of you. So there's just kind of that cultural Mm -hmm. nuance that you really start to pick up as you travel with us, and that's the first thing that we do. And then it's really about developing a new network and getting new skills. So we work very closely with different educational institutions, with the various CEOs that I mentioned earlier, to make sure that our participants are getting access that they couldn't normally get on their own. So if you are a corporate attorney from Boston, we'll work hard to make sure that you're in the room with some of the top lawyers and people that are actually at your level so you can learn what the experience is like over there, some of the nuance of your particular industry in each of the places you go. So you should be acquiring new skills. You're traveling with some of the best people out there, so you should be learning from the people that you're with. I always say everyone has something to teach us, whether it's the janitor or the CEO, whether it's a marketer to a lawyer or a lawyer to a marketer. Everyone's got something to teach us, so you should be really networking and learning from your peers And then it's just a matter of developing that network. These are all people that you can call on. It might be a new business prospect. It might be a new partner. It might be a new client. So so we really strive to to create an environment, especially with how we curate our our cohorts of people who are motivated and going to be the future global business leaders. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking remote working for these people, because clearly that's what they're doing whilst they're with you, they're they're continuing – in a role with an with their employer that's that's right isn't that yes that's correct yeah okay so are you uh, are you looking at working with people who are already working remotely um or are you helping people to be able to work remotely as a, as a new thing or I guess a bit of so both? It's a, <laughs> sure it's the it's the, the latter so it's it's the combination of the both right so we definitely welcome people who are already working remotely and just really want that kind of injection of professional development and networking to their travel experience. And then we're also, we, we believe, and as you can look at the trends and see, remote working is definitely on the rise and it's creeping into places where people never thought it was. Um, so the example we always give is if you've ever answered a, an email from home, if you ever popped on your laptop to just respond to something or to look at something, you are technically a remote worker already. It's just it hasn't been embraced to the same extent in, in various industries. So we're really trying to work with employers to understand that, look, you can really help your workforce by using these new tools that are available. Technology is often kind of seen as something to be feared, and obviously with, with the same kind of data protection legislations that are coming out, like people have their worries, but remote work is something that should be embraced, and we're really trying to help people who aren't necessarily in traditionally um, remote working roles to be able to embrace that and move into the space. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about how it, it benefits employers, what, what's in it for them. Sure. So for employers, we say that we help employers retract, retain, and enhance the value of their top millennial talent. So when we talk about attracting, If you look at a lot of the big firms, obviously there's prestige. There's a lot of factors that go into selecting an employer from a potential employee perspective, Um, prestige, pay, everything of the sort. But if you look at some of the top things that people are, that millennials in particular are looking for when they're looking at jobs, they're looking for a good work-life balance. They're looking for opportunities to progress as a leader. They're looking for flexibility. They're looking for professional development programs, and they're looking for a sense of responsibility in their work. 
those are the top five to, to, or most important factors according to Deloitte. So TAP really helps with four out of five of those. So when you're talking about attracting the top talent, if you have an offer on the table, if you're receiving an offer from a potential employer and you've got two on the table and they're very similar, to be able to say to that potential employee, okay, after you've been with us for two years, I'm going to send you on this incredible professional development program around the world where you're going to meet some of the top people, you're really going to progress as a leader, and you're going to bring a bunch of outside knowledge back to our institution so that we can benefit from it. It's an investment in them, and it's an investment in their future, which is a really, really, really strong way to speak to millennials. So we help them attract that way. And then with retention, if mm -hmm. you look at the statistics around retention, millennials have some of the highest job turnover out of any population. And why do they do it? I mean, there's a lot of reasoning out there, and we've read through all of it. But one of the most easy, way to, easy ways to understand it is that a lot of millennials don't feel that they have a compelling reason to stay because they either don't feel that they've been invested in or they feel that staying in this current role is hindering them in some other way in their life. So this using TAP programs is a way to say, okay, you can use it as an emotional bonding tool, as we just discussed, or you can say, use it as a financial bonding tool to say, okay, if you leave before X amount of time, you've got to pay us back. So it's a way to retain it. And then enhance is through all that professional development and all that investment in their network development. So that's really how we help the employers attract, retain, and enhance that millennial talent. They're getting the wisdom of all of the people that their employee is meeting. And we highly encourage our employers that we work with to do a download with the employee afterwards so they can incorporate some of that new knowledge, some of those new skills, and some of that new network into their own institutional knowledge. Mm -hmm. So talk a bit about how that, that enhances uh, engagement within an organization. I, I'm sort of seeing that there's some real positives just jumping straight out at me. I'm also wondering about how that affects the people who don't get to go on the program. <laughs> Sure. So um, for different employers, we've had um, different discussions on how they would use it. Right? So TAP programs are a tool for employers, so they can really choose to use it in whatever ways they want. For some, it's an incentive to drive employees to want to work harder, to be more engaged, to say, look, if you perform at this level, we're going to send you on a TAP program. So sometimes it can be the carrot. And for some, mm. it's been we've had the conversation where I was, I was sitting with an executive a couple of weeks ago and they said, okay, I'm already sending like my top front office people around the world. They're traveling, they're talking to clients, but some of our stellar performers that we're worried about losing in the back office, we don't necessarily have a way to reward them in the same way. And it's one thing to get cash, but cash is kind of fungible. It's a, I mean, if you look at this, the studies, it shows that experience is far better for emotional bonding than, than just simple cash payouts. So mm. for some of the back office employees who aren't necessarily out interacting all the time, this is a great way to retain them. And then for the people who aren't able to go on the programs, they still benefit from getting the same – or they're getting ostensibly all that knowledge that the people who are on the program shared back with them. So they're learning from the wisdom, although be it through an intermediary, of – the different ambassadors, of the different CEOs, of the different people that the people on the program are, are interacting with. Obviously, information is best when it's shared. So we highly, highly, highly encourage mm -hmm. everyone to, to participate and learn as much as possible while an employee is on a TAP trip. Mm -hmm. So 
So talk us through a bit how it works. So an organization decides they're going to use it, they identify um, one or more people to to go on the, the TAP experience. What then happens and, and what, what's, what's the sort of journey, uh, pun intended, for the, uh, for the <clears throat> participants? Sure. Um, so it can happen two ways. So we accept um, individuals who just want to apply and want to bear the cost or work out an arrangement with their employer um, to figure out the cost of the program. They can apply on their own, or we can work with organizations to say, these are the people we've pre-selected that we want to send with you. So once you're on the trip, there's a, there's a short interview process because we really want to make sure that we have people on the trip that are looking to get as much of the professional development and networking out of it as possible, and they aren't necessarily just looking for a month-long vacation in a, in a given location. Um, so there's a, there's a short interview process, and then once accepted, it's really as simple as sorting your visas, um, booking your flight to the first place that you're going to join us, and then booking your flights back from the last place. And we handle everything in between. Um, we set up the accommodation. We set up the co-working space. We set up social events. We set up all the professional development. And everything is presented buffet style in terms of the social events and the professional development events because we understand that you're still working remotely for your employer. So if you have a deadline that you have to meet and the TAP cohort is going to the embassy for a briefing, but you need to get your work done, your first priority is to your job. That's what you're there for. That's who's paying for you to be there partially. So you really have to continue to perform. And actually, before you're even allowed to come on a TAP trip, we have a short contract that we have our participants and the employer sign to say, okay, these are the expectations for you while you're traveling. And should you not meet them, obviously you're still working, you're capable of being fired. So like, it, it, it clarifies the goals and the responsibilities of the employer for both the employee and the employer. Um, and then it's really yeah. just uh, come, enjoy, and absorb as much as you possibly can, and then please stay a part of the community yeah. after you get back. Yeah. So sort of paint a picture of, of what it's like when, when they're there, given, as you say, they're working for a, a, their own organization, but then they're, they're, they're co-working with people from other organizations and, as, as you say, as well as, you know, doing some of that socializing and the, the leadership development work. What, what you know, do they, are they working at the same times? Are they working in the same place all the time? Are they just doing what they'd normally do but happening to have this sort of support network that they can go to if they want? What does that look like? Sure. So different working arrangements are different for different organizations. I know that's kind of a roundabout way of saying it, but it, it really is the truth. So some organizations ask that their employees continue to work on their home office hours. And, for example, yeah. if you're on the east coast of the U.S. and you're in Paris, you might be six hours ahead, which means you have your entire morning free. Your day essentially doesn't start. 9 a.m. in the U.S. is 3 p.m. In, in Paris. So it kind of shifts your day. You have the entire morning free. And then some opt to change to a task-based system. So it's just get these things done by this date. And then you can kind of have some flexibility and work around. But when, with respect to kind of who you're working with and how everything is going on, it's really a matter of, look, you're with all these people. If you need to isolate, you can. What we, try, what we strive to do is to create environments that you find stimulating. So an example could be in Paris, we work with several different co-working spaces. And there's one that's designed very much like a Fortune 500 
um, typical like office working space. And then we have another one that we work with that's designed around a pirate ship theme. So you can really bop around and figure out what works best for you as you travel, as you try all the different co-working spaces. You can find different friends that uh, that you can go to or go with to each of these co-working spaces. So it's really we we think of it as, and that's the brilliance of travel is that it's not always the same for every person. It's kind of like walking into a a Chipotle, if you would. Um, you can pick there's a there's the same ingredients, but depending on how you personally combine them, you can wind up with a very different end result. So that's why we do everything mm-hmm. buffet style, and we say it's really up to you to create your own experience. We've picked the best of the best in each of the categories, but really, just because something appeals to one person doesn't mean it's going to appeal to the other person. So we really try to let the the participants have their own kind of flexibility in determining what what works best for them. And how do they stay really well connected to their organization? Because it, it strikes me that um, it could they could sort of drift off and and sort of get so engaged with the experience that they're not as engaged with their employer. And I guess you're you're probably going to tell me it depends on the organization and how they work and so on. But do you have ongoing contact with their leaders, managers, to, to sort of close that loop with them? Um, so that's really the point of the contract that's signed before um, they come on the trip. So we expect each organization to lay out exactly what's expected of each of their employees. And then with respect to them staying in actual contact, you really don't need much other than Internet to stay in contact. I mean, you have services like Project Fi that lets you have unlimited calling all over the world and you have Skype and you have um, FaceTime and anything of the sort. So you can really stay as in contact as you possibly need, but it's something that, and we, we lay this out before people come with us, you have to be willing to do it, right? So like your mm-hmm. employer sets out the expectations for you, but it is it does mean that you're on your phone maybe a little bit more than you normally are. You're paying attention to each email that comes in because it could be a call me ASAP email Whereas if it was a call me ASAP kind of situation back in the office, they would run down to your office and grab you. So you really have to, as a participant, be aware and be engaged with what you're doing. So there is a possibility. I'm not going to sit here and say that there isn't the possibility that you could get lost. But that's the thing of the contract is to say these are the expectations. And, I mean, we're not dealing with students. We're not dealing with young people. We're dealing with grown adults who are professionals. So. It, yeah, it's on yeah. some level, like they have to take responsibility for their actions, and they really, really can, because they have all the tools that they need. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? That uh, that it's 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 you know leaders and leaders of tomorrow. It's not as you say, people just on a jolly. Is it? <laughs> they have exactly. a job to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so with with everything you know about the working remotely piece, because you know you've done it yourself, and now you're providing these experiences for people, what what tips and, and tricks have you got for for people listening in enhancing productivity while working remotely? Sure. So obviously, the collaboration tools are indispensable. So be it Slack, be it Google Drive, be it um, Dropbox, any of the sharing tools are absolutely indispensable. Um, having the ability to redline, to mark up, to be in contact is easily by far and away the most important part outside of continuing proper verbal communication. Um, It's difficult Mm -hmm. when 
you just rely solely on instant messengers or email, but having that actual vocal phone time or be it FaceTime, whether you're video conferencing, keeping those, those um, channels of communication open is absolutely paramount. And then, and this is a hard one for me because I've, my life's been a quite disorganized person, but working in this style has made me quite organized, keeping a solid uh, task list or set of things that you have to get done is absolutely indispensable because when there's no one over your shoulder saying, okay, this needs to be done by this day, it's easy to have things slip through the cracks. And that's why utilizing different task lists, using um, the Google Assistant, using Siri, using all these reminders is a, a fantastic way to keep up on it. And then really just making sure that you are dedicated to what you're doing, right? So you don't want to be in a situation where you don't want to get what you have to get done, done. You want to be dedicated and you want to know that you're building towards something and keeping a good mental picture of what you're working towards is, is absolutely essential. And then the last thing I'll say is to make sure that you keep yourself in an environment that you find stimulating. How many times do we find ourselves when we are kind of locally based, like the example I always give is that drive to work or that um, metro ride to work, and you don't even remember how you got there. It's keeping your environment changing and fresh and keeping your brain active and not going on autopilot. That's really, really essential, and it can keep your, your mind much sharper at work when you're, when you're getting what you have to get done done. Mm. And, of course, that's one of the advantages of moving around in different workplaces and different countries, I guess, even um, that, that you have got that freshness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's interesting, the other thing that um, I had an experience of just this morning <laughs> um, is mm. when you're working across different time zones and you have deadlines, being really clear about what that deadline is. So I had a deadline with somebody in Australia, which was today, and, of course, I think today is today, like, you know, not mm. yet finished yet. Of course, he thought today probably finished at 9 o'clock this morning. <laughs> and we're quite flexible, so I'm working on my version of the deadline. But uh, it, it strikes me that, you know, if you have actually got, you know, absolute hard deadlines, you, with time zones in the way, you need to be really clear about what, what that means. That You can't just say, you know, close of play on such and such a day, because if you've got different uh, close of play times, in effect, then that, that can cause issues. Yes, yes, and that's where we find tools like the Google Calendar so useful. So as we mm. travel quite a bit mm. for our work, literally when we land in a place, our calendar will automatically update with the new time zone. So, for example, when I fly yeah. back from Paris, it automatically switches to six hours earlier in the day. And using those tools that kind of yeah. auto-update across time zones can be a real, real lifesaver. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the way to get those uh, those meetings at the right time, isn't it, rather than guessing the time difference. <laughs> <laughs> to get the technology exactly. to work for you. <laughs> exactly. Lovely. Especially so we're just going have... for the last couple of minutes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, say again? Go ahead. I was just going to say, especially when I you have say... things like daylight savings yeah. time switches, get to nightmare. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's, I, I don't switch my computer when I go into Europe with just an hour's difference because then I end up putting the, the meetings in at, at the wrong time and it ends up all going completely <laughs> wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just... In the last couple of, of minutes, where do you see the future of work? You know, we're, we're increasingly remote, but still a lot of organizations aren't and see it as an issue because they don't know how they're going to manage performance and so on. But, it, you know, we're on a, a journey and, it, and it's not going to stop, is it? What do you see happening in the future? 
Uh, well, as you kind of said, I totally see the the future of work being more and more remote just because, I mean, you look at the development in technology, you have AI, you have um, VR, you have augmented reality. They're all going to have it. So at some point in time, you're going to be able to sit at your living room table and look around the table and see everyone else there as if you were there. And then you look at consumption trends and people are moving away from buying properties and cars and such and spending more on experiences. So we're going to be living more and more mobile lifestyles because we'll have less stuff. So I I very much Mm -hmm. think that the future of work is going to be remote and not going to feel as remote as technology continues to progress. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I absolutely hope so. <laughs> I like to do that too, as you know. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to um, join us um, and you know share share what sounds like a, a really amazing program for for both employers and and the uh, participants. So thanks for joining me, Mike. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. So just to let you know what's happening next week on the show, we have Sally Winston from ORC International coming back to talk with Joe Moffat. I'm not entirely sure what they're talking about next week. I think it's about thought leadership, uh, but we'll be putting the show page up as soon as I've got that information. And uh, Sally's been a, a regular uh, visitor to the show, so uh, I'm sure it'll be another great show. So we look forward to uh, seeing or speaking to you again next week, and I'll be back, I think, the week after. So we'll catch you then. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.